0: The year was 1989, the show Detroit. What better place to bring back an iconic legend from Carroll Shelby with the help from Bob Lutz. Their new concept car for the Detroit Auto Show that year was going to turn some heads. It was going to become an instant American classic. But would Chrysler Corp, who had just come through bankruptcy, greenlight the project? Would they gamble on a product which utilized an engine from a company they just purchased? When the millions of fans poured in their reviews of that concept, Chrysler Corp made their decision. They gambled on it, and for the next 25 years, they won the battle. Unfortunately, SAFE would bring this product down. But during its time, and in its first generation, It was the most powerful American-built sports car of its time. Yes, we're talking about the original 1989 Dodge Viper concept and how that concept spawned an American classic with the Viper. Autoworlds.net, Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now welcome back to the autolux podcast i am your host the doctor to the automotive industry mr everett j himself coming to you from our website www.autolooks.net and our podcast host site podbeam.com looking for many other places check out podbeam or our site for connections to many many other podcast host sites which we are on and if you like what you hear today comment like, or share this podcast or our website through Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any other social media platform you or the AutoLooks team is on. Today we're talking about that American classic, the Viper. Yes, one of my most favorite cars of all time. Hell, it's even part of my personal email, which I've had since the 90s. I still include it. When people always ask, is that the snake or the car? I look at them and go, car guy, it's a car. I instantly fell in love with this vehicle when I first saw it back in 1992. Yes, I wasn't at Detroit in 89, probably because I was only 6 years old at the time, but I also didn't have cable television or magazine subscriptions to car make companies. Today, I've been a subscriber to Motor Trend since 1997 and many other magazines. So unfortunately, I didn't see the Viper when it first came out. I was introduced to it in 92. Now, its history goes back even further from 1989, and you have to take a look back to the original Dodge Daytona, and Charger who set the stage for power for Chrysler Corporation. The original 69 Charger was 1970 Dodge Charger Daytonas that they raced at NASCAR that went over 200 miles an hour set the stage for pure blood muscle coming from that Detroit company. Now with the rise of the pony car industry, Dodge chose to go after the Mustang with its Cuda and Challenger models. This added more fuel to the fire for chrysler but unfortunately chrysler didn't jump on the bandwagon and create smaller products into the mid and late 70s and when the gas crisis hit us it severely hit chrysler now being saved from bankruptcy thanks to the likes of lee iacocca and bob lutz they created the minivan and the k-car and saved themselves which unfortunately even with a deal from mitsubishi and buying out american motors chrysler couldn't save itself or the damage that was done to its image and in the 80s if you take a look, you will find a Dodge Challenger model from the 80s. It's essentially a rebadged Mitsubishi prod. Horrible, horrible thing. You don't even want to consider it to be part of the name. It's like the Mustang 2. You don't want to consider it part of its history. But it was there. Now, with Lee Iacocca being the man behind the Mustang and him being good friends with Carroll Shelby, Shelby decided to inject some power back into the brain by creating Shelby versions of the Omni, the Dakota, and the Shadow. He helped create more power. Power to the Dodge brand. Hell, they even created a turbocharged Caravan to try and ignite that fire that had been lost since the '70s. Now, coming to the end of the '80s, Iacocca had moved on, and Bob Lutz had moved in. The man who self-described himself as the man who saved Chrysler from bankruptcy, he put together a team to build a brand new sports car. This is after the poor performance of the return of the Charger nameplate to the Chrysler Laser, and with the Shelby Charger turbo not being able to save or inject any more power back into the brand Lutz needed something so he turned to his good friend mr carroll shelby and asked to help him build a new halo car for chrysler shelby knowing that he needed to bring back his cobra to inject power back into an american brand he didn't care who but somebody and chrysler was willing to pay him with his mindset made on bringing back the cobra a two-seat power raw performance sports car the project started in 1988 to build this brand new product in 1989 in detroit we all got to see that product we got to see two versions of it of the concept dodge viper rt10 in its original iteration it came as a roadster and a target target top stayed on to the first generation which was followed up by its coupe model the roadster only came out when the second generation arrived in the early 2000s now the target top was green lighted due to the heavy response the initial prototype utilized a chrysler built V8. But since they owned Lamborghini at the time and they had just cast a new V10 engine for the Dodge Ram trucks, they felt that this power might source might be a lot better. Unfortunately, that V10 cast for the Ram trucks was a little too heavy for a sports car. But Lamborghini was working on a sports car version of that same V10. Owning them, they decided to utilize that power source to go inside their new Viper. Now, this was all happening right around the development time for the Lamborghini Diablo. Yes, that went with the v12 but the v10 that lamborghini had been working on chrysler picked up slapped it inside of the original dodge viper a naturally aspirated eight liter 400 horsepower v10 with a six-speed manual was the original offering no automat a lack of basic electronic driving aids like abs made it hard to handle it was essentially a balls to the wall type of car 400 horsepower from a v10 in 1989 hitting the streets it was incredible especially with mated with a six-speed manual and no traction or electronic controls at all the very first production car built of the viper was driven by carol shelby himself at the indianapolis 500 in 1991 in 1991 november the production version was finally released for consumer reviews and initially began sales in january 1992 in america in canada we didn't get it until 1994 but we still saw it in 92 most of the concept design had originally stuck with the production for. Target top was there. Now, the full glass windshield had changed and the top had been risen up. But not much has really changed between the original concept from 89 and the production version in 92. But the original offering was almost a concept car, as it did not offer door handles, roll up side windows, or even an actual roof. They had side exhaust ports and cheap plastic side windows, which were quickly installed along with its foldable target top cover, which is very similar to what the Wrangler has. And Even with these cheap add ons, the Viper still grew in popularity and became an instant American classic. In 1996, Dodge released the GTS Coupe, bringing back the old Shelby Daytona form to the Viper. The RT10 was updated to 415 horsepower, and the exhaust was moved to the rear due to a few complaints from customers burning their legs. This wouldn't show up until the third generation. But by 1996, when the GTS Coupe emerged, side windows and a fiberglass top were now standard even on the rt10 target top in 1997 dodge surprised us once again with the rise in sales of the viper and increased demand for the product dodge saw newmark that they wanted to expand into And with having money for the brand new intrepids dodge rams and even the neon helping boost their bottom end dodge was looking for more ways to make money and in 1997 they brought us the copperhead concept with the v6 it was a roadster it was going to be made to compete against the mazdemi and the Honda S2000. Unfortunately, this never saw the light of day, besides concept. I've actually seen the thing in real life. Had they brought it out, they would have had a snake pit, a viper, and a copperhead. This product could have been useful for helping Dodge move into more of a sports car appeal. But unfortunately, a new Intrepid was on the way, and Dodge needed money. The same year, in 97, the GTS Coupe incorporated a double bubble roof, so you can actually wear helmets inside of the car so you can go to the racetrack. Yet again, the next year, they raised the horsepower to 450. In '98, they still saw the introduction of the GTSR at Le Mans when it took home first in class. This helped Dodge build on that appeal of a winning class Le Mans racer to create the GT2 Viper for sale and sell one of the very first special editions for the viper platform now building on the backbone of the viper v10 dodge decided in 1996 to release what they called the ram vts concept this project would eventually go on to create dodge ram srt 10 a concept that was once forgotten but doing some research and finding out the backstory of the viper we found this in the second generation for 2002 2001 saw the overflow of original vipers with production halted for a slight amount of time. To make way for the new 2002 Dodge Viper Roadster, Dodge was looking to move forward. Unfortunately, with the 2002, they started adding more safety features. The electronic aids, which were missing from the original Viper, were now coming to the new Viper. But the new Viper was showcased just like the original with a concept. And that concept can be raced in one amazing game from Sega. Sega, building on the back, on the demand, for dedicated racing games that Gran Turismo had created within the video game marketplace Sega in its release of the Dreamcast system created what they had the Sega GT racing game essentially Sega Gran Turismo and with that they needed a car to make that game desirable to everybody and in it they used the 2000 Dodge Viper GTSR concept for Le Mans to race in making it the top car and the most desired product that people wanted with the game this would help introduce the Viper in its second generation to the world, similar to how Gran Turismo introduced the skyline to everyone. The unfortunate thing is, the GTSR would never become an actual racing car. Now into its third generation, second design generation, power was increased. A new 83 liter 500 horsepower V10 was added to the now SRT10 Roadster and the GTS Coupe model The Roadster was in. A lighter aluminum chassis would have been developed for this, but was shelved due to financial at Chrysler. Now this chassis was built in collaboration with Mercedes. If you have ever seen an SLS AMG Mercedes, thank a Dodge Viper. Daimler-Benz had owned them at that time. Owning them since 1998, the second generation, well third generation, second design of the Dodge Viper helped spawn a new Mercedes model. Similar to that how the SLK created the Chrysler Crossfire. But like we said, going back in 96, Ram built the VTS concept. In 2004, we saw the Dodge Ram SR Rt10, A truck that would soon become the world's fastest pickup truck on the market, beating out the Ford Lightning. Showing up to the game nearly 10 years after the Lightning had come out, Dodge put a Viper V10 underneath the hood of the Ram and made it the fastest truck in the world. Building on that, they also built a four-door. The Viper now had a partner in crime. Seeing how well that did, Chrysler decided to rebadge the Dodge Viper and put a tuxedo on it, bringing down its power plant to a a hemi-powered V8, which would soon find its way into the next Dodge Challenger, but was existing in the new 300Cs, Dodge created the Viper built-off, Viper platformed Chrysler firepower concept. A vehicle that came near production, had it not been for their corporate conglomerate owner Daimler Benz, as this product would compete too much with their next generation SLS and their SL600s. Now remember, they owned Lamborghini at one point, who built a V12, that V12, went into the ME412 supercar that Chrysler had thought of to build up above the Dodge Viper. But again, diamond benz held back. So Dodge was looking for other ways to utilize the Viper brand. They had already used it in a truck. And they played around with the idea of adding a V10 onto a motorcycle platform and created the Dodge Tomahawk. An amazing product, even by today's standards. A Viper V10 straddling between your legs. Fast, crazy, and insane. Unfortunately, very few of them were ever built. And to this day, the Tomahawk is still one of the most powerful V10 motorcycles ever created or imagined. Then, in the end of 2007, we started hearing rumors that Dodge was canceling the Viper project. It was dying. Sales were falling off. Daimler Benz was selling them off to Serbius Management Group, who basically stripped Chrysler of anything good and let it die before being sold to Fiat. And as 2008 came upon us and the financial crisis brought down most major car companies, the Viper may not have lived on. The third generation was dying. And right at the end, And they decided to bring out new ACR and ACRX models to try and boost sales to get these cars off dealer lots. The Viper was expensive. More expensive than its competitors from Chevrolet. Corvette was cheaper. It was only a V8. And its power plant was capable of keeping it up with the Viper. And Dodge couldn't build supercar territory vehicles with its brand image. Going up against the likes of Ferrari and Lamborghini was not new for Dodge. And with the financial crisis bringing it down, the Viper project was cancelled. And in July 1st, 2010, the final, 4th generation Dodge Viper rolled off the platform, its second design but 4th generation platform was gone, the Viper was gone, its new owners knew that there was potential behind this company, behind this product, and with Fiat now owning them, they decided to make the Viper even better. They wanted to give it all the safety features that it required and bring back the behemoth. And with the SRT brand being moved out from the Dodge brand 2012, we finally got to see what Ralph Gels had promised us. With the help from Ferrari and Fiat, the new Viper was here. Not badged as a Dodge, but badged as a standalone brand from the SRT product range, the Viper had returned. Meeting new safety standards, this new Viper could push on. The unfortunate thing is, the new Viper would be the only coupe offered with the V10 in the Dodge And with only a coupe version, no roadster, no toggle top, the Viper may not have made it. It was now offered with a 640 horsepower V10 from Fiat Stable, basically a detuned Ferrari engine borrowed from Maserati. The new safety regulations created a need for electronic stability control, which made the Viper less of a Viper. It was now entering electronically controlled supercar territory from a standalone, standard brand. Could Dodge do that? Could they keep the Viper alive? The demand was strong at its initial offering in 2012. In 2014, the Viper was moved back to the Dodge lineup as the SRT brand was disbanded and returned back to an aftermarket label. In 2016, we saw the introduction from VLF Automotive utilizing the Viper for their Force One sports car. Essentially, the Force One was VLS take on the Chrysler Firepower, a luxury version of the Viper. Limited to just 60 units, the Force One almost had its day in glory until 2017. In 2017, Fiat said, Do Due to new safety regulations and the cost of transforming the brand new Viper platform which was only 5 years old at that time, the Viper would die. They were phasing out the product and with massive declining sales, the Viper would be killed off. In its 5th generation, not achieving any more than a 1000 unit sales per year, 2017, August 31st, Corner Avenue plant closed for Dodge Viper production. No Roadster, no Target Top. a whole slew of special editions followed it. But unfortunately the viper was done like its competition from ford with the gt The viper went after the supercar market but being from a car company known for building sedans small cars and even trucks dodge couldn't keep the viper going with 30,000 cars produced from 1991 to 2017 and a measly 12 miles per gallon the viper was a product only set for a very small niche part of the marketplace and being that it had a v10 which is more expensive to produce, and then a V8, the Viper essentially had its battleground out for it. Had Dodge had moved the fourth generation into a Hemi V8, they could have put it in the same territory and price range as the Corvette, not the Medina, Gallardo, or Carrera territory. Essentially, over its lifetime, the Viper was always destined to die out. And being that it surpassed the Lamborghini Countach in time frame, it did live a healthy life. The Viper did live a great, illustrious life, but unfortunately, with the cost of its power plant, it was always destined to die out. And considering that Dodge could get more horsepower and better performance figures out of its Hemi V8 underneath the hood of the Dodge Challenger Demon, there was no hope that the Viper could survive. Could it return? It could. But like the final generation, it will never be the same. It requires more safety requirements, which will bring down the fun factor. And if you talk to people who have owned Vipers, original first generation Vipers, they will tell you there is nothing more exhilarating than pushing the gas of an original 92 Viper and just feeling that raw power on the ground. And through its generations, the Viper has gone through three differentiated logos. They had Snakey Pete, Fangs, and Striker. Each Each generation of design had its own dedicated logo. One fall down to the Chrysler brand that the first generation was sold in Europe. Second generation never really made waves into the European marketplace, and the third design generation didn't even make it. The second generation Viper was never called a Viper in Europe, it was called the SRT10 due to the fact that somebody had actually registered and owned the Viper name. Now the Viper has had a few friends along the way. Like we said, the VLF Automotive Force One, they've also utilized the viper platform to build the alfa romeo zagato tz3 stradale the bristol fighter the devon gtx and it was utilized for product development of the AMG SLS Mercedes-Benz. It doesn't underpin it, but it was utilized for the development of that car. At the end of the 4th generation, Devin Motorworks, who built the GTX concept, was willing to purchase the Corner Avenue plant and the designs to help keep the Viper alive. Unfortunately, Chrysler didn't want to sell the designs and Devin couldn't get the money to buy the plant. Chrysler has never shut down the plant. They've turned it into a museum. So Devon had their dreams crushed. They wanted to keep the Viper alive. VLF Automotive lost its Force One. The Viper has lived an illustrious life. An amazing product from its 89 concept to its 2017 ACR Final Edition models. The Viper has proven the big American muscle was here. And that nobody else could compete with the power that the Americans could put behind even a V-10 supplied by an Italian counterpart. And even with its following and shows like Viper, which ran from 1994 to 1998, centered around a crime-fighting Dodge Viper, similar to Night Rider. The Viper just couldn't make it. It was an amazing product in a very small niche, competing against big players. The first five years were amazing for sales, but unfortunately, the second design generation and third design generation, the Viper was always destined to fail. To this day, first generation Vipers still command a hefty price tag on the used car market. Their product, like its Wrangler counterparts, is well known around the world. Similar to the Beetle, the Mustang, the Wrangler, the Viper is one of those iconic cars that people know its image around the world. And To this day, it still holds ground as one of the most powerful and amazing american-made products from chrysler corporation even though the challenger demon was more powerful and set better records than it the viper is still a nerber ring king and in the end even if they bring it back it'll never be the same as it once was so all around should chrysler try and bring back the viper this is one of those products that might be better left alone similar to what they did with the charger nameplate bringing it back into the sedan the viper nameplate should be something they keep registered but not actually rebuild the product so from all of us at autolooks we hope that you have enjoyed the history of the Viper and look forward to a possibility that it could return as something else. If you liked what you heard today, like, follow, or share or comment through any social media feeds. Find us through Autolux.net and through our host site, Podbeam Podcasts. This is Ever Jay saying to strap yourself in for one fun wild ride as the Viper goes balls deep in the supercar market.